And it's lights out and away we go here for the Dutch Grand Prix race recap. And uh, wow, what what a good race for for all the Max Verstappen fans out there. Um, yes, it was a very great race. Yeah, I mean, just the ability for Max to win at his, uh, I guess, his home Grand Prix because. Since he's declared himself as uh, a Dutch racer, even though he was uh, actually born in Belgium, so I guess great way to uh, represent both both home races for him. Yeah, absolute masterclass of a race. He like basically led the whole race, never put a foot wrong. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was great from Red Bull too because we saw Mercedes. They were trying to. I think they over. Bank, they're, they're overthinking it a little bit because you, you saw Lewis was pissed that they pitted too early and then he was on an old set of I think softs or mediums and they, he just wasn't fast enough and Max went on the hards and strategy wise I think Red Bull handled it perfectly I think Max handled it perfectly I think what Horner said at the af- at, in the aftermath of it, it was just a really mature win which it was because you know, after after uh, what spot happened I mean they really hadn't raced since Hungary so to him, right. for him, for him to come out uh, and put in a performance like that in, in the heat of a championship battle just shows that this is gonna, this is going to go down to the wire. I mean, you know, we've got qualifying about fifteen twenty minutes or so for sprint qualifying tomorrow, and I mean, Mons is going to be huge. It's going to be it's going to be epic, and I think Max just he landed this punch, but Lewis could easily come back next week and, la- and land the next one. Yeah, definitely. And the Constructors' Championship race is still very much on, even though I believe Mercedes is leading it now. But Red Bull ain't going anywhere anytime fast. So yeah. it's going to be Checo's, fun to see how that plays out. Checo has been pretty in good form because I know there was a little bit of a mess at the spot. Everything was a mess. But even though he didn't, you know, he finished eighth uh, and he got a few points. But, you know, to I mean, where he started I mean, it's a, it's and then it's a, the field like that, it was just really impressive. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great recovery after. Uh, horrible qualifying session not even making out of uh q q1 and then having to start from the pit lane i mean i mean like if if there's any like formula one driver that you want like starting out of the pit lane you want sergio perez to do it he's he's gotten wins from it he's gotten like point finishes from it on multiple occasions Yeah, I think I think I think Checo this weekend is gonna be he's gonna be wanting to to a start high in qualifying and then hold that in the race because I think everyone at Red Bull knows that they can easily not easily but there's no reason why they this this constructors championship can't go their way this year you know last year it just really wasn't attainable with Albon not really consistently getting even you know top six finishes and Max wasn't really at the level he is now but with the level Max is at and the Perez has the driver. I mean, there's no reason why this can't go down to the very last race, and I think that starts this week at Monza. I think Checo's had a couple rough past two races in terms of just where he's finished, bad qualifying, not really getting the points he deserves. So it's going to be interesting to see if you know he can put a good qualifying run together. Last sprint qualifying at Silverstone did not go well for him. He, I think he was relatively high from the grid, but. He had a crash or a spin yeah. out in, in sprint qualifying, which left him like P seventeen or something. So right. it's going to be yeah. really important for him to get off uh, on on a good start with sprint qualifying and give him a good chance because once he gets out on that track during the race, I mean, he, he's been pretty solid this year, as we saw in the win in Azerbaijan. Yeah. 
throughout the year. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Um, uh, Perez had to start from P20 in uh, Silverstone, but also what made his his um his race more like better in, in my eyes is that um he had started the race on on hards and he had a huge lockup very like I think within the first ten laps and had to change and when you're you don't want to like have to change tires after ten laps on a on a set of hards especially at a, a circuit so small like uh Zandvoort that's not really good so I I thought he I thought he was not gonna do well because I would have totally messed him up but and especially of how hard it is to pass at at Zandvoort I mean you, you we saw uh, Sebastian Vettel I can't remember who's trying to overtake but um but he when he spun out on the banking, yeah. yeah, he spun out the banking on turn three, and uh, Valtteri almost he almost crashed into him as because Valtteri was trying to lap him. Right. Um, I can't remember who he's trying to overtake. I want to say it was Latif. No, not no. It's no. I think Giovinazzi, who had a, who had a great great qualifying uh, P seven, which I believe ties his all-time best qualifying but just got a got a terrible start in the the alpines uh of esteban ocon and fernando alonso just chomped at the bit i don't think yeah definitely i also think lando once again it was a little strange to see him because where he qualified because he was really quick during practice, but we just didn't have a great Saturday, and then he kind of put in a great performance, and as usual this season, <laughs> poor Daniel Ricardo got like team orders, and I let Lando by, uh, and then Daniel didn't even put the best shift in keeping off whoever it was. Uh, it might have been Alonzo or some other Alpine to keep, to give Lando some space, but it's just, or it was, it was Parrot, that's what it was. Uh, they were like, Daniel, okay, this is where you're going to defend for for Lando. And it just didn't really do a great job. And, I mean, I know Ricardo qualified well in Spa, but that was kind of down to weather. And then didn't have the best weekend at Zandvoort. You know, I think a track like Monza suits uh, Ricardo and his driving style, especially with the McLaren having some of the highest straight line speed out of any of the cars and it's not really suited to a track like spot or Zandvoort with, with the banking and the turn so I think McLaren could be on for a great weekend I think Lando could be up there again if he can put in a good shift in qualifying I think they're just this weekend yeah I'm definitely excited for the race it's gonna be so hopefully it's gonna be a good one and it's gonna be good to see the sprint qualifying back in action because that was surprisingly entertaining last time so yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a Ferrari of Leclerc or Sainz. You know, they always turn up for Monza. Obviously, Leclerc won in 2019. He's had a pretty decent season so far. But I'm and for the dark horses this weekend, obviously, other than Max and Lewis, I'm looking at Pierre Gasly, who had a P4 finish again. He was solid. He obviously won at Monza last year. That's going to give him tons of momentum. I know there were some kind of weird circumstances there, but he's on a tear right now, and he obviously he's going to be back at AlphaTauri next year. So I think, I wouldn't be surprised to see Gazi up high on the grid. I'm not saying him to win. If he sneaks third place a podium or fourth fifth, I, I wouldn't be surprised with the way he's driving. Yeah. That's a good prediction. 
Yeah. No, and I, I think, uh, Chuck, what you said earlier about Ferrari doing well, um, they're going to really want to kind of put what happened in uh, 2020 um, behind them with Leclerc having that awful crash and uh, and Sebastian Vettel um, just having, having a broken uh, brake line. And I think I think Carlos Sainz especially. I mean, he was so close to catching uh, Pierre Gasly um, for the win for his first win in uh, 2020. Right, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last season was a complete mess for Ferrari. It seems like they kind of got their mojo back. Obviously, not to the like title winning ways or close to that, but. They're not being respectful. They're not. They're not hanging around with you know, uh, the the Haas and the, the the Williams of the world. But you know, they're hanging around with the McLarens and uh, outperforming Aston Martin and with the Alpine. So I think this could be a real kick to get them back up the table for the constructors' championship if if Sainz and McLaren can put in a good performance. And obviously, you've got a little home court advantage at Monza. Ferrari obviously has an extremely successful history there. I, I, I mean. It, it's hard to look past Leclerc for something like this because, I mean, he had, he got second in Silverstone. That was sprint qualifying. I know there was obviously that crash with Max, but he finished high up there, so maybe we could see something similar again uh, with, with, with Charles in the, in the sprint qualifying. So that gave him a great shot in the race. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see. I think uh, Fernando Alonso is, is going to – put in a nice I think he's gonna put in a nice surge uh during the sprint race like he did in Silverstone I'm making up I think like five places I'm pretty sure so I'm 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 thinking that uh he could do something similar if he has a a bad bad uh qualifying session uh later today I think him and Esteban Ocon both can do that I mean the Alpines have they've been They've been good all season, and I think they're in they're in shape for a good a good performance this weekend yeah. at Monza. Yeah, but I mean, like Fernando Alonso is just probably one of the best starters on the grid, if not the best starter on the grid. I mean, if you look back to uh, Baku uh, from the restart after Max crashed out, he went from uh, P10 to P6. So yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he is. He's just someone that that knows how to mix it up with all his experience. I mean, we, or at least I was questioning when he when he uh, returned back to the, the sport this year, like what what he'd be able to contribute. But he's he's still he's still got his his touch. So yeah, he has been especially, having a very successful yeah. season. It's good especially to see him. Yeah, definitely pretty impressive. Um, I think we should actually talk about all the moves in the drivers' carousel. Oh, yeah. That have been going on since the last time we recorded, because there have been some major changes in driver lineups. So to start off, we have Valtteri Bottas replacing Kimi Raikkonen at Alfa Romeo. What do you guys think about that? I think it was somewhat predictable and expected. I think that was kind of a move move that had been in the pipeline. Uh, I think Kimi's retirement was kind of like a, a, a when, not if. Um, so. It's interesting. I think we all knew Bottas was leaving. I think when you look at possible places he could have gone, I think Alfa Romeo makes sense. Um, I think he'll do a decent job for them. He, he'll, I think he'll outperform what Kimi has done this year. No offense to him. Um, but yeah, I think 
out of the, all the things that's happened, that's kind of been, I don't know, the least out there. When we see stuff with Russell and Albon coming back, and that's what I really want to get into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I also think that it was very predicted. But, I mean, I don't know. It's good to see him hopefully go to a team where he can kind of, like, act as the leader almost. Yeah. Unlike in Mercedes where we all know how many times he got shafted by yeah, their strategy and letting Lewis go. Yeah, because the second uh, Alfa Romeo, he is still up for grabs. And and it depends if they're going to re-sign uh, Giovinazzi or possibly uh, – uh, bring up, I think it's, I know it's not Calum Illot. I know he was, he was one of their reserves, uh, but he signed an indie car. But I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's like Gan Yuzo, I think, uh, who's, yeah. who's doing very well in the F2 scene right now. Um, I think is a, is a possibility or uh, possibly, I guess, I guess uh, Robert Kubita is also a possibility who did who did a good job um coming in for uh Kimi Raikkonen who's who uh tested positive for COVID-19 uh last week and will be right. uh standing in again for him at uh, Monza this weekend. Another big um driver's move I think we should talk about is the uh return of Alex Albon to F1 yes. and he is he is replacing George Russell and I personally think that's good to see. I've always been a bit of a fan of him. I think he's a good driver and he deserves to be back in the sport, but it's just the pressure of the second seat at Red Bull has got to be too much for him, but hopefully at Williams he can actually succeed and do good. It's just overall, it's a good thing to see him back in the sport because he's a very, very talented driver. Yeah, I think just the step up from Red Bull was just too much and it was obvious that he couldn't really hack it. I think like you said, Spencer, he is a decent driver and he has something to prove, which is a good thing for a Williams driver who's really not going to be up there all the time. But, you know, if he can put in performances like George has, we know that car is capable of making into Q2 and Q3. So if he does that, then he's obviously still in good standing with everyone at Red Bull. I mean, I think Warner's a fan. Because oh, yeah. If he wasn't, was, it would make no sense. It would have made no sense for him to bring it in to replace Gasly in the first place. So yeah. it's obvious that he has a, a thing for Albon. So I think this is a good move for all parties. It's, going to give um, Alex a spot to just, I don't know, try to establish himself as... Yeah. As a, as a, and Christian Horner is Christian Horner is part of the reason why Alex got that seat, because they were really pushing for Will, for Toto Wolf to put Williams in that seat instead of going with Nick DeVere, so... Right. Yeah. And, and then... then I, or, uh, I just think it's, yeah, it's good to see uh, Albon back in F1 because to be honest, I thought, um, like Albon, he would he would go to like if not like at Red Bull, he would have been uh, at AlphaTauri with with Pierre Gasly. I mean, I think if Albon had went to AlphaTauri this year, like they be they they would be P5 in constructors right now, which has uh, been the goal for. Uh, France cost for many years now, and they really could have developed that uh, that uh, junior team, which is now kind of becoming like a sister team almost, with Pierre having like way outperforming the car. Yeah, definitely, I definitely agree. And then the last driver move that we have to talk about is probably the 
the biggest fan favorite of them all, George Russell to Mercedes, the move that everybody has been expecting for I don't even know how many how many years. I, I mean, people want George to get that seat ever since. Probably since that he one. came on to Williams. Yeah. Or, uh, in 2019. And uh, when he filled in for Lewis last year. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I've, I've been, I think this move has been in the pipeline since he filled in last year because he showed that he has the pace to be a Mercedes driver. He just didn't really have the race management. You know, there was the puncture and then the tire issue at, at Bahrain. So he was a little unlucky, but I think he definitely planted that seed in, like, in Toto and, and Bono's minds that like he can uh, and does have the capability to, to be a Mercedes driver. I think it makes sense because I think with Valtteri, we had someone who was already established in F1 for other for bigger teams than you know George Russell was on Williams. So what George is in that position now where he's okay. Like if he was Hamilton, he, he's not mad at being the second driver, which I think suits Mercedes more than it did with, with, with Valtteri because Valtteri yeah. was like, well, why should I be number two? Yeah. His first podium was last week, and that, even that was kind of a, an interesting situation. So I think it works well. For, for Mercedes, and obviously for George, it's a dream. You go to Mercedes, you're going to be the best car on the grid, probably. Yeah, and I will say, like, George's racecraft, and just, like, he's just improved so much as a driver this season. It's just been, like, great to see. He's putting in, like, pretty much, he's putting the car into Q2 basically every weekend, if not every, every weekend, and I don't know, he's just been... Like, he's really performed well, and he's proved himself to Mercedes that he is the guy, and it's paid off, and now he has the seat at one of the biggest teams in the sport. So, congratulations to him. And I don't know if uh, you guys have been uh, seeing this, but I've, like, been seeing that um, George Russell has, like, told us that Mercedes told George that he wouldn't be the number two to uh, Lewis, like they'd be kind of like treated equally, I guess. So it's, I think it's kind of cool. It's almost gonna be like, like a, a Senna like cross kind of like partnership, or, or maybe or like, or like no, I think maybe uh, Nikki Lauda and uh, Prost uh, when Prost first got to McLaren, um, kind of thing of kind of like the veteran with the with a new upcomer with tons of pace and good racecraft. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be so exciting to see him in a competitive car. We've already seen what he can do with one of the slowest cars on the grid, so it will be so awesome to see what he can do with a very competitive car. I'm expecting him to get podiums, and I think it will be good to see him just develop as a driver. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely going to be – it's also going to be very exciting – year next year with all the the regulations that were supposed to be put into place this year uh but they were pushed back a year because of covid obviously um with with basically the cars being able to uh be close go uh be closer to the car in front through corners and just like the like the new design of what's under underneath the car it's just going to be a very very exciting yeah uh, racing yeah, it's the new regulations next year make the sport like so much. Hopefully, it'll make the sport so much better for the for the viewer. With like you said, Chaz, the new regulations, and there's also the um the spending cap. We can't forget about that. That teams oh, are right. limited 
with spending how much money on the car. So that's going to play a big part in like, oh, where are teams going to put most of their money? Are they going to focus most of their development on aerodynamics or are they going to focus most of their development on power? So that part is going to be interesting to see where teams put most of the money that they can. And then I just want to get your uh, guys' thoughts on um, basically so uh, this was the first race since we didn't really have a race and we didn't have a race in, in Spa with the new uh, pit stop uh, regulations being put in at Zandvoort and how basically we're not going to see another sub two second pit stop anymore. Uh, I, I didn't hear about that. Why is that? Uh, well, now, so I think, I believe that uh, that they have to, that the pit crew have to, like, one, once they're done, like, switching the tires that, like, the like the green light that the driver sees, um, like, overhead, it it's, like, a 0.2 second, like, an extra for, like, it's for safety reasons, basically, um, that they that they had in, in Zandvoort and you might have seen like the, a difference in the, in the times were quite a bit slower. And I didn't also, notice that. Yeah. And also just also the, the pit lane uh, was pretty, is pretty cramped at Zandvoort and um, just the, the tightness of that the drivers had to go to get into their pit lane. Um, and like, you could, you can see like, um, like when a car, let's say, like when Red Bull was pitting, I think, or the like the garage, the team garage in front of them had to like move some of the equipment like out so like Max could get in and out easier. So it's just quite a difference. Yeah, definitely. Let's see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I was just wanting, uh, wanting you like your feedback if you think like. If you think the extra like safety measures, if you think they're needed in the pit stops or, I don't know. Not. I mean, there hasn't really been, to my knowledge, any major kind of pit lane incidents. I know there was like there was one at where was it? I think Hungary with Raikkonen and Yuki Tsunoda maybe, but uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like the biggest. Yeah, but I guess yes, yeah, yeah, but that's more on like the of how they release, like, the cars. They're just not paying attention of, like, who's coming in and out, I guess. But I think they kind of, like... I feel like the teams are pretty, like, on top of that and yeah, making sure there yeah. aren't any unsafe releases. Yeah, That's no, the thing. I, it's, it's really just been more of Toto Wolf trying to, like... is trying to get an advantage because Red Bull is just so great at, at pit stops. I mean, if you if you look at all the fastest pit stops, like... They're pretty much all, all for Red Bull except like one or two for uh, Lance Stroll um, from the from from the Aston Martin pit crew. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Red Bull is that's one thing that they do exceptionally well. They've always been the, traditionally the fastest pit stop crew out there. Yeah. Uh, twenty sixteen Monaco. Danny Rick would say otherwise, but. We're not going to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that also. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Red Bull, 
pick who they they are human. Like there are mishaps. Yeah. There are mishaps, but, but, but they yeah, have but gotten they've gotten they sub are... one nine before, and that's yeah. comp- so impressive to yeah, change yeah. four tires. Yeah, no, that's yeah, no, but like this year they've just been on their game. So hats off to to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't right. know. I feel like we basically covered covered everything. Yeah. We got we'll, we'll the Monza, we got yeah. Monza preview and Zandvoort recap and the driver carousel. I feel like we Shouldn't talked about everything. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends, family. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, tap, like the links will all be podcast description and have a good weekend and enjoy Monza.